0: I have to tell you, I love Duke Cannon. And let me start here. Most resolutions don't last at the beginning of every year because, oh, it's so hard, and I'm trying to change me, and I got enough. And Well, Duke Cannon Supply Company wants you to consider lower your expectations. I love this because nobody ever says this. It's true. Just take it out a notch. I mean, relax, Okay you got a long time to live. I mean, unless you're a really old man, then maybe you should work a little harder. But right now, moderate self-improvement. They're going to send you a moderate self-improvement box. It's not a 10-step program. It's a one-step program to achieve a slightly better version of yourself. It's packed with over 80 bucks of premium American-made grooming goods designed to help you feel, look, and smell just a little better in 2020. And here's what you get. Some of the products, you get the Trench Warfare Dry Ice Body Powder. Which uses activated charcoal to deodorize You get Bloody Knuckles Hand Repair Balm It's unscented so you don't smell like flowers News Anchor 2-in-1 Hair Wash And their Working Man's Face Wash Made with vitamin C So you can fight scurvy, I think, and fatigue And my favorite, as an alcoholic Their Bourbon Solid Cologne It's inspired by the Buffalo Trace Distillery And anything that smells like bourbon, I'm in Limited time. Moderate self-improvement box. 84 buck value. It's $50 now with free shipping to the lower 48. Not available apparently in Alaska and Hawaii. Sorry. You're going to have to send the dogs out to drag a box up from Canada. All products are tested by active duty military and 5% of uh, net profits are donated to veteran and active duty military causes. Duke Cannon. They pride themselves in making its grooming goods work as hard as you do, and they're the champion of builders and farmers and everybody. It's America. You feel welcome and right at home in Duke Cannon Country. New year slightly better you visit dukecannon.com right now, use the promo code beck, you get 15% off your entire order that's dukecannon.com. I think one of the biggest lies today is the rap that is given to, you know, 15 to 30 year olds. They're all called lazy, self-centered, participation trophy generation. Gosh, we're all going to be destroyed when they finally take over. But I don't think that's true. I mean, I think there are those (laughs) dirtbags. But that's not the majority, at least the ones I've met. And today's guest gives me real hope that I'm right on this. He saw a problem and he didn't wait around for someone else to fix it. Instead, he inspired high school and college students across the nation to be the voice of freedom. He's a guy who, when he was a kid, watched my show on television. And by the time he's in uh, high school and then in college, he wants to change the world. He's somebody who President Trump has called a great warrior and is no stranger to leftist criticism. He's been called every name in the book for daring to support free speech on college campuses while questioning affirmative action and white privilege. He is the founder of an organization that was nowhere, didn't even exist just a few years ago. It's Turning Point USA. It is the largest, most impressive, and fastest growth youth movement in the country. Chapters at over 1,500 schools in America. It's also worldwide now. Recently, I was invited to speak at their 5th Annual Student Action Summit, and what I saw... Amazed me Over 5,000 students attending on their own dime from all across the country And fired up about the truth of America But before I took the stage My guest and I had an opportunity to sit down And we shared what we've gotten wrong What our country must get right And the amazing things that happen when people work together and do it On this episode of the Glenn Beck Podcast Backstage With Charlie Kirk
1: So, Glenn, so great to be sitting down here, and uh, it's an honor to be able to speak with you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much. I I grew up listening to you and watching your show with the blackboard. Well, thank you
0: very much.
1: (laughs) It was more instructive than you could have ever imagined. Wow. That is meaningful. And you've been right about everything that you predicted. Not Um, everything. Wrong about Donald Trump. Well back, I was talking yeah, back more then. back in 2012 yeah. or 2013, yeah. but it's, it's really refreshing to hear people be able to say, no, I was wrong about something. I've been wrong about stuff. I endorsed yeah. Cruz yeah. and I was behind him. Yeah. And I think Trump su- surprised all of us.
0: Yeah. I, you know what? Uh, I haven't really even talked about this, uh, on the air. I think, I think I maybe have obliquely referenced, referenced it uh, recently. Um, but, uh, uh, must have been about six months ago, uh, the president called me. And we haven't spoken since before the election. <laughs> wow. And uh, and we always had a friendly relationship, you know, and he, if I were traveling, I would stay at Mar-a-Lago and he'd be someplace else. Um, but uh, we haven't spoken to each other since the election. And he called me up and uh, <laughs> I'll never forget my Scottish assistant, who was part of the Royal Marines, He comes in while we're shooting a show, and he's off stage, and he's like, the president wants to talk to you. And I said, cut, stop for a second. What? He said, the president is on the phone. And I said, the president of what? (laughs) Some university or Bolivia. Yeah, he's the president of Costco. Why are you interrupting? And he said, "Uh." Of your country? Wow. And uh, I said, oh, crap. And I didn't even know what to do and I (laughs) strangely said, can I, can you ask him if I can call him back? I'm in the middle of shooting a show. What a stupid thing to say. And uh, so he he said, okay, we finished up the show. I called him back about 30 minutes later and uh, we talked for about a half an hour. Wow. And it was a, it was a really, I wish more people knew him mm-hmm. and could hear him like that um, because he he started in and he said, um, you know, I want to thank you for, you know, saying some nice things <laughs> about me. And <laughs> he thought I was taking this a different direction. And I said, well, I don't know if you know this, but during you know, the last election. And he cut me off and he said, oh no, I'm very aware of that. I said, no, 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 not that. I'm clear you were aware of that. Um, I said, what I said was, I want to be wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't think I am, but I want to be wrong. And I'm going to judge him. I'm, I'm having to judge him on what I think he's going to do. Wow. Now... Once he's the president, I get to judge him for what he is doing. And I said, So there was never any doubt, in my mind at least, that if you did the things that you said you were going to do, I'd be a supporter. I just yes. didn't think you'd do them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we talked about Israel, um, we talked about trade. And I said, I strongly disagree. I bet we spent 15 minutes just on trade. Wow. Um, And he did not shy away. He didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. We had a real, frank, honest conversation, which you don't have usually Mm -hmm. with a politician. Yes. Um, And I think that's what people like about him. Yes. um, uh, Is that he really will tell you what he's Mm -hmm. thinking. Totally. What the problem is sometimes, and yet the blessing is he is just... P.T. Barnum. (laughs) Well, and uh, I'll I'll tell you,
1: you're a great um, example uh, that shows the success of his presidency from a conservative worldview. Which is there's more people supporting him that are saying, you know what, I was hoping he'd succeed, and he has, and he has been able to deliver
0: results. What's interesting is at the um, uh, at the time we're recording this, it's just what day after the impeachment. And last night, the president had a uh, rally up Mm -hmm. in Michigan. 17% of those who attended were Democrats. That's right. And I think there's a lot of people who, you know, I heard Ben Shapiro say the other day, it's whether you think the president is a killer or a coroner.
1: Hmm. Wow. These
0: things, the press and everything else, they've been dead for a long time. Yes. Now he's standing over the body saying they're dead. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the press now and everybody else is saying, look, he killed the press. No, he didn't. Wow. They killed themselves a long time ago. So is he a coroner or is he the killer?
1: Wow,
0: Half the country, 40%, are convinced that he's the killer. The other half recognize this stuff has been rotted for a long long time yes well and and glenn you and i both
1: share the belief that america is exceptional and it felt that before donald trump and i would make i would make the argument most republicans who are running for the presidency would not have done what president trump has done especially the international tpp iran deal uh, renegotiating NAFTA; those are almost untouchable for both parties. You can't, you can't go there. But it felt as if there was a management of the decline of America, and you led the Tea Party movement in, no. in 2011. Okay. Those are my no, was, words, not yours. Okay. So 2010, 2011, you were a big part of it, and you were, um, you were a, a, voc- a very vocal piece of it. And President Trump, in a lot of different ways, has led the revitalization has had given a lot of Americans hope that they thought that this this country could not be turned around
0: you know it's really strange he has the same thing that tulsi gabbard has and they don't agree on anything basically anything you know what i mean but tulsi is a uh, she's so far out of the mainstream and Mm -hmm. she is so far left but at no time do i believe she hates america I believe she loves America. Mm -hmm. We just disagree. Yes. And what used to bring us together is that we can disagree, but we have a fundamental understanding that this country is a positive force and you can make
1: it. Well, I have a working theory about this. This is why Bernie Sanders has a a group that really appreciates him and follows him and why even some people on the right— will say, oh, I, I, like, I, I don't like Bernie Sanders, but I think he really believes what he believes. I think the new era of politics mm-hmm. in the bipartisan cartel that has ruined this you know, yes. ruling class, essentially, yes. just you know, very series of destructive policies that have borrowed too much money and eroded our freedoms mm-hmm. and liberties and grew the fourth branch of government. I think the American people would much prefer someone who's authentic, who says why they believe what they believe, like that conversation you had with the president on trade, even Mm -hmm. if you might fundamentally disagree with tariffs, you say, I'll deal with that way more than an establishment Republican in a heartbeat.
0: I made argument after argument and he tried to dismantle it. But wait a minute, Mr. President, this blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And in the end, he said, I'm just going to shoot straight with you. I love (laughs) them. I love trade barriers. I love Mm -hmm. the fact that we can get things from people if we just use our muscle a little bit. I fundamentally disagree, but I hung up the phone going, at least you told me the yes, truth. Yes. He and, was not pandering to me.
1: Well and that's clarity over agreement. Yes. Which and or the false agreement that the 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 bipartisan coalition that has really, like I said, ruined our country in so many ways, not completely, but I find the American people have this this yearning and this interest, especially young people for authenticity in our candidates. And that's been deteriorating. So I have a question for you. And okay. then in 10 years, do you think America will be more or less socialist? I ask this question of everybody, by the way.
0: Can I answer with a caveat? Of course. If uh, we continue the spending mm-hmm. and if we continue... The erosion of of who we are and the truth, we will be much more socialist if we if we have this um, a real collapse, an actual depression. People who right now say I am absolutely against socialism, they will want it to yeah. be able to weather that storm. Um, uh, and I'm afraid that we're on that track. However, I've been. Really heartened. I mean, Charlie, I don't think you know the impact. You say, Oh, Glenn, you made an impact on my life. Do you realize the impact you're having on the well, country? I don't. I, don't. It, it, I mean, the, your organization didn't exist five years ago, right. it didn't exist. Tonight I'm talking to five thousand people, and I in in this place that paid to come across the country. I was on a plane with all kinds of eighteen to twenty four year olds yesterday, and I realized the people you have. You remember when I did the thing in Washington D.C. and restoring honor? I do, and right, I, right on the uh, Washington Monument. Right. right, and I said that uh, that day like, yeah. somewhere in this crowd. There is maybe he's seven, maybe he's 15. I saw that speech. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere in this crowd is the next George Washington that will feel it right now. And I am so overwhelmed with the people that I have met from your organization and the people who are coming. You're raising the next generation. You are, you and your organization, Thank you. really responsible for... Um what i think will be the next great generation but also some real sucky ones are going <laughs> to come yeah, out of sure. this group too you know yeah. there's always there's always there's always a big government progressive left yes. or right in in well, every
1: i want to talk to you about that cuz that's a great point and i think the you're starting to see the coming divide on the right um and I have some sympathy with some of the arguments, and it's definitely 100% sympathy with the observations mm-hmm. of where the, the, the right comes from this. But there's a new right movement um, where they're okay with using government to trust bust or using government to solve societal, cultural problems, banning things, growing Trouble. government. So- This idea of banning porn that's been kicked around. So that, that that that's part of it. Right. So let's talk about, it. I did a whole podcast on that. Yeah. What's- I don't know if you've commented on that publicly or not, but this is the coming divide, though, Glenn. I know. I don't like something. This is horrible. This is evil. It's immoral. You it's a are, sin. You are no different than what you're fighting against. Talk about that. This is the divide, Glenn. Right. That, we're, that Look, you're going to, by the way, some of the students tonight are going to be looking for that clarity because they're being told. Which way do I want to go on this?
0: Yep, that's the diff This is this is the divide that started with the progressive era Woodrow, and Woodrow Wilson. Theodore Roosevelt yes. and Woodrow Wilson. Those two believed that the government and a group of experts could decide for everyone else. Philosopher Kings. Yes. Right. That's insanity and that is the exact opposite of what our founders believed. What our founders believed was look you are going to—some people, and I know this because I come from a suicidal family. I've had two people, wow. my mother and my, uh, my brother, commit suicide. So I know it. Some people's bottom is death, and there is nothing you can do about it. When people say, oh, that guy was an alcoholic, that star was an alcoholic and depressive, we should have seen this coming— Most likely the people in their life did see it coming and they tried to do things. But until the individual decides to change, nothing will change. They'll just hide it deeper and deeper and deeper. And you will cause more strife by trying to force them to sober up, get better, be happy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, you can't control other people's morality. You can... You can teach why it's destructive, but you become the fascist when you decide this is immoral and thus I'm going to make sure nobody does it. Um and and there's mean, an argument it, to be made. It's the, the efficacy of banning it
1: also is questionable. Black mm-hmm. markets pop up. Look at, look at the drug war. Sure.
0: Yeah. Look at, look at the drug war and look at, it's not Spain. It's the island. Portugal, or uh, Portugal. Well, yeah. yeah. Are you familiar with well, they, what they, Portugal They legalized be? all drugs, basically. They had the highest addiction rate, I believe, in the world on mm-hmm. heroin. They were losing their entire country. They are pouring money. Mm-hmm. What they decided to do was legalize all of it and then take half of the money they were spending mm-hmm. and work on drug programs like AA programs. Just fund things that work to get people off that they've completely healed their country. I mean, yeah. there'll always be drug problems, but they've healed their country. We keep going down the same path. Bad, slap the hand. Bad, slap the hand. It doesn't work. And that's growing on the right glenn. I know it is. And it's
1: almost I don't want I don't Remember, know the, percentages. the
0: Progressives started in the
1: Republican mm-hmm. side. Yes. And you're seeing the you're seeing it especially with the issue of tech tech tyranny, Facebook, Google, and there's calls on the right now to either trust bust them, where we've heard that before, mm-hmm. or and a lot of it is taught by bad history, by the way, that the trust mm-hmm. busting was almost is glamorized from the, 19, oh, yeah. the early 1900s. And you educated me on this quite well about really the reality of trust busting. You Look, know, and-
0: the, the, it is the one part of capitalism that I can't come up with a comfortable answer on Um, how do you control it when people become so wealthy and so powerful Mm -hmm. that they can control. So do we take their money away? Do we take their control away? Do we bust them up so they don't have that much? This country was really built by the railroads, um, you know, people say, oh, the, oh, look at the Vanderbilts and what they had just because they built the railroad. The average American has about twice the benefits and lifestyle that the Vanderbilts had mm-hmm. back then. We have a much better life. On average and just below average. And they were the top. of And they were yeah. the top. No one just, was even close. Just ask Anderson Cooper. No, yeah, exactly. no one was even close. I've actually, I've gone into the private residence of the really? Breakers. There's two floors. Uh, Anderson introduced me to the family. I don't know if you know this, the Vanderbilt still live in the Breakers. No, I didn't know that. Top two floors. Wow. Yeah, it's phenomenal. The attic is nothing but Louis Vuitton steamer trunks that just say Vanderbilt silver, Vanderbilt China, okay? The things that they did was crazy, but they helped us grow. Mm -hmm. The problem was, is they decided themselves that they could control things. Henry Ford was an awful, he was a socialist. He was an awful guy. He believed, I mean, he Supported the socialists, the national socialists in mm-hmm. Germany. Yeah. Um, he believed himself. I'm going to tell my co cowork- my workers what to do. If you wanted to buy a Ford, you had to come see him. Yeah. And he would go over your financial records to see if you were even qualified mm-hmm. to own. So these people want to control things. Um, and so it, how do you square that to a free I, market skeptic? I can't. I can't square it. Other than, it works itself out. We are going through what we went through in the late eighteen hundreds. So you think it's a gilded era, almost, that we might yeah, be going through. I think it's a gild- the big, huge houses that are built, the ostentatious you know, right now, lifestyles. Yeah, that's going to be the breakers of this century. Yes, okay? and it will bust itself up eventually.
1: Well, the counter argument people will say, but no, it took a Teddy Roosevelt to break it up. No. That, that's what someone on the far left or the new right would say.
0: Here's what Teddy Roosevelt did. He broke up uh, the, the corruption in politics in New York. You want to fix this? You have to make the government so small that no there's no one really to bribe mm-hmm. okay
1: you clean the corruption up it's impossible to lobby a government so small that right. doesn't exist right
0: why w- yeah. you know it was woodrow wilson that really started this this uh, lobbying campaign yes. and they did it in world war 1 well,
1: and so some people that And mind you, Glenn, this is a growing intellectual community. And I respect a lot. I agree with them 100% on a lot of their observations, not always with the conclusions. They'll say, but that's not achievable. We're not going to get back to constitutional government. Why? They say the fourth branch of government is untouchable, not enough representatives. What What is achievable, though, is broad consensus of trying to use the instruments of power towards a moral good. And it's not an insignificant are, amount of people,
0: Glenn, that, that believe this. I know. We cannot become a, a, a group of people that don't understand the tyranny of the majority or the tyranny of the minority. Mm-hmm. And both of which are, are just as bad. Yes. Okay? Um, and it, it, we are a nation of individuals. You must allow me to fail. And you must allow me to succeed. You can't. It's 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 something that. If I may speak in religious terms here, sure,
1: I'm, I'm a Christian.
0: Yeah. All right. So, you know, the war in heaven when uh, when uh, a third of the angels are lost. Okay, and Satan's up there, and he's like, "I'm I'm going to bring all of them back. I'm going to bring all these people back to you, God. Uh, but you got to give me the credit." And how was what was his plan? To take away choice, Mm -hmm. to take away their choice. They'll do what I say they should do, and then they'll be clean of all sin, and so they can come back. Wow. That wasn't the plan that God chose. Mm -hmm. God said, no, he'll sacrifice himself. They must be free to fail. Wow. Okay? That, that is the, this is the same argument that has been going on, if you're a spiritual person, mm-hmm. since the beginning of time. Wow. And, and I've always wondered, up until the last 10 years or so, how, how do you stand in front of a group of angels who know who God is? And a third of them are convinced, yeah, God's the bad guy. How do you do that? You do that by saying, you know what he wants? You know what he wants? He wants these people to go down there and suffer and hurt and be in pain and stumble and fall. And some of them won't even make it back. What kind of dad would do that? What kind of God would do that? Mm -hmm. That's how you get a third of the angels to fall away. That's what capitalism stops. They say capitalists, true capitalists say, you know what? There are going to be places and people whose heart is so big they want to help. And we as a society are going to promote the general welfare, Mm -hmm. meaning we're going to show, we're going to point those people out and say, good job. Good job. Hey, you want help? Go to them. And then there's something that is so big that only the government can take care of. We'll consider that. But everyone has to be able to fall. Everyone has to be able to bleed. Everyone has to be able to succeed because it's about the individual, not the group. And
1: so well said skeptics will say but that's doomed to fail because of the law of hierarchies so that you'll have so many people in the competence hierarchy that will get so good and will only multiply their wealth Mm. and multiply it and over time the mob will be created no matter what what is it's a a more it's a more pessimistic way to look at it and i'm saying i believe it It, what is our mission statement as a country yeah that's how, how i would articulate it yeah Boy, I would go back to the American Trinity, which is liberty, in God we trust, e pluribus unum, which means out of many, one, and also to be able to live free and make choices you see fit as long as they don't hurt somebody else. So may I take
0: that and- That was, that was, on, that was on- Right, right, right. On the, on the fly. On the fly. May I take what you just <laughs> Please, said- go ahead. And, and rip it. apart. It. Yeah. No, no, no. It's right. Let me restate it a little more eloquently. We hold these truths to be self evident mm-hmm. that all men are created equal and endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And governments are instituted among men to protect those rights. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is the greatest mission statement of all time. Thank you, John Locke. And yeah. and everyone says, well, Yeah, well, we never achieved it. He, yeah, we haven't. We haven't. Do you realize that aspirational statement? Those founders that wrote that said, I believe man can do this. That's like John F. Kennedy. My, my father was born in 1926. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we talked about the moon launch. Um, and I said, what was that like? And he said, son, you have no idea. When I was growing up, we didn't think we could go to the moon. Nobody even talked about it. We didn't even think about it. We didn't even have electricity. The moon was just there and we were here and there's no way we're ever going to go to the moon. John F. Kennedy says, we're going to go to the moon, we're going to put men on it, and we're going to return them home by the end of this decade. Everybody thought that's insane. We did it. Mm -hmm. We did it. Okay, this is the biggest idea any man has ever had. any group of people. Wow. what we do is we just say, we suck instead of saying, "Wait a minute, we, we failed, but have you seen the progress over here? Have you seen this person, this group? Have you seen what these people have done and promote?" the general welfare and domestic tranquility by saying, look at how we're advancing as man. Yes. Instead, we keep saying man sucks. He'll always suck. And he's got to have a big government being big brother to hold him in place. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you that is an evil plan. Mm. And so
1: you come from the, the place and, and the opinion that man is broken by nature, original sin. Every man. And every man has to start over. And I hate to oversimplify it, but I think a lot of the American left, because they don't come from a biblical worldview, yes, and they look at things, I believe, in more platonic terms and less Aristotelian terms, they believe that it's the structures and the systems, not the man that is broken. So they'll, yes. they'll make the argument, no, man's actually good. But
0: it's the capitalistic patriarchy, and or the they will family. make the, the statement that man is nothing more than cattle, and a, a group of supermen mm-hmm. can philosopher kings should right, rise up and be the ranchers of those cattle to mm-hmm. protect the cattle. I reject both of those. Yes. Okay. Every man is put here with everything he needs. Every man has it in him. Every, I, I, I love Winston Churchill. Probably the and, greatest man of the 20th century. Right. Unless you're an Indian from India. Then that man is a monster. Mm. A monster. Kill them all. Shoot them. Put them down. They are not capable of self-rule. Crush the rebellion. If you only know him there, he's a monster. If you only know him in Europe, he's... A miracle. So Charlie, which one is he? Somewhere in between. Yeah. He's both. Mm -hmm. He's both. Is he the guy he was in uh, 1935? When he got kicked out of
1: the the Navy or the British Navy or whatever. Yeah.
0: Is he the guy in 1935 or is he the guy in 1945 or is he the guy at death? What matters is, was he better Mm. earlier or better towards death. He admitted his mistakes by the time he was old. He said, I I was lost. I didn't think it through. I had a different view of things. He was progressing as a human. And that is the individual responsibility for all of us. And unless you go through the crucible, unless you are put into the refiner's fire of life, if you are not allowed to succeed, well then you're not going to be able to fail. Mm. And if you're only allowed to fail because the entire system is failing, you won't know the sweet, you won't you won't grow. Yes. So you have to be able to grow. Winston Churchill is no different than our country, than you, than me. We all have a dark side and we all have a light side. And it's a battle in between. Mm -hmm. It's it's a battle our whole lives. The idea is for you to understand that there is forgiveness for you. So thus, you should provide forgiveness for others. And you should provide understanding and grace to others because... You know when you do something wrong and and nobody will ever forgive you. It's just spirals into darkness.
1: Yes. And I
0: find one of the the root
1: causes of this, where also progressivism is able to catch hold, is the fastest growing religion in America, which is atheism. And the rise of atheism, not just agnosticism and not just being deferential, but the committed, I am an atheist and I want to tell the world about it. I call Mm -hmm. them evangelical atheists. Right because they evangelize more than evangelical Christians do. And you've talked about this at length. There's a direct connection to that to statism. When you are able to get people not to believe in a higher power, not believe that natural rights actually come from a creator, well, why not government? Government then becomes God.
0: You know, for most of my life, I thought Nietzsche was (laughs) sticking his fist up and going, yeah, God is dead. He didn't say that. God is dead, paraphrasing now what? Mm-hmm. Because man needs a God. So what are you going to replace him with? Yes. And he was warning, you're replacing him with science mm-hmm. and God help you with the, the direction that you're going right now. Mm-hmm. And look what happened. Yes. Eugenics into the Holocaust. All right. So man has to have a God. The left Their God is the planet, global warming, socialism. Yes. And if you don't genuflect when you are told to genuflect, if you don't say the rosary the right way... You are a part of the problem Mm -hmm. and you must be run out of town because you're a heretic. Yes. Okay. It's the same thing. It's just their God is different than, you know, the invisible guy in the sky. There is a difference, if I may say, uh, uh, between atheists. I um, I know atheists that are not a part of the problem. Uh, because they're also strong libertarians, and so they don't want to force it mm-hmm. on somebody else. And you know, my friend Pen Gillette, yeah. he he said to me one time we were just chatting, and he said, "You're Christian." I'm like, "Yeah, you know that." He said, "Well, I, I know. I didn't know if you knew that." And I said, "What are you talking about?" He said, "You know, you never asked me what I know about Jesus and to be baptized." And I said, well, I figure you're smart enough to know and I shouldn't. He said, but doesn't that, isn't that part of your creed to be able to do it? And he said, I actually kind of feel bad that you didn't think enough of me. And I said, "I no, I was actually trying to respect you mm-hmm. and not, you know, do that. And he said, yeah, but it's in your creed to do that. Um, so I know people that like Penn, who's changed. When I first met Penn, I asked him, I said, uh, I just finished a show with him. This is like 2006. And, uh, I said, Hey, next time you're in town, uh, let's get together, have lunch. And he looked at me, this is off air. And he said, are you, are you kidding? And I said, no, why? And he said, It'd be like me having a, a lunch with a disease. You're a Christian. And I said, whoa, yes. And he said, I would never have a religious person in my house. It'd be like inviting the plague into my house. And I said, "Pen, boy, I've thought a lot of things about you in my life, but not that you were a bigot. And he told me later... He got into the elevator and he just kicked himself, but he was angry about 9-11 and he had grouped all religious people into one ball Wow! and through our friendship, you know, of me just being there and, you know, always being his friend, he changed and he is, he is not preaching the hate and division. In fact, he's preaching to his atheist friends. I saw him on stage at the atheist convention saying, don't. Be what we've always said the worst Christians are to us. Mm-hmm. Don't try to run them out of the square. Just live with one another and respect one another.
1: I'm afraid that's that's the minority of atheists, though. A vast majority of atheists. And the Dennis Prager has the best question about it. He spoke at the Atheist Convention once yeah. they've invited him. And he asked the question, do you hope you're wrong? And... It's a great question to ask Penn, because if you don't hope you're wrong, then you want to be right more than what is good. Think about it. You, you, you want to be right more than ever having an afterlife, mercy, forgiveness, believing there's a ubiquitous creator behind everything that we know to be true. I don't think Penn would say he hopes he's wrong. So he hopes there's nothing. He wants to yeah, just be nothing to, more than a clump of cells that and that, bacteria.
0: Yeah, he thinks that we live a good, decent life now. Enjoy every second. Be good so every So he thinks second.
1: this is perfect then?
0: No, he just thinks make the best
1: out of it. But he should at least hope there's an afterlife. He, he, meaning, would you believe the Bible if it's true, Penn?
0: That would, that's what I would yeah, ask him. I have asked him that. Yeah. And I've asked a few of my atheist sure. friends. If I could prove it to you. Which I don't think you can either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's good evidence to get people. Cl- yeah, but within striking distance. I agree. But faith is required. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, if I could prove it to you, would you change your mind? That's the question to ask. If they say no, if I said no, if they came to you and said, if we could prove that there is no God, I reject that immediately because. You can't prove that. But if you could, and here's the evidence, Charlie, there is no God, would you change your mind? So we have to answer that the same way. We'd have to
1: be as open-minded.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. We'd have to. Knowing that no proof on either side would actually ever do it. That's correct. Right. But, yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. I am. I, I mean... I look at my faith, you know, people are like, you actually believe in that stuff? You know what? I'm a recovering alcoholic and even more important, a recovering dirt bag. I spent a lot of my life being an absolute dirt bag. And I know what, what my will got me and it got me nowhere except into the center of misery. Um, and when I went looking for a faith, I went looking for God. I, I was looking just for something that would make me a happier person, make me nicer, make people, um, make me just love people, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and to control the worst urges in me. I don't care if I have to drink chicken blood. If it works mm-hmm. for me, celebration, yeah. celebration. You know, if I get to if I get to heaven and God is like a some big space octopus and he's like oh, you never saw this one coming, I'd go, No, never thought that. But I guess I guess I have to ab- yeah. embrace that.
1: Sure. Absolutely. So I visit campuses a lot and we're so thrilled you'll be able to speak to our students. And the rise of socialism is real and the destruction of our public education system. Can't wait. And so can you give a little bit of a preview or as this will record indefinitely in perpetuity just give, it, give it to those that can't be there give, give me the I can't give, it,
0: I can't give it to you
1: uh, and I want our students look up to you and admire you so much Ben that's, uh, Glenn, really,
0: so it's just, that's really nice and if you could remember my name I would believe I that, was saying Glenn Beck <laughs> ben, ben I'm ben. kidding I'm kidding relax <laughs> okay uh, let me just start on a couple things first this is uh, this is an 1830 engraving Jeez. of the original Declaration of Independence, the first draft. Wow! Okay, and if you look at it here, you can take that one. If you look at it, you will see um, on the sides, uh, one in borders, the course of human events. Yeah, and in the on the borders, you'll see things like Franklin or Adams. That's like a Google Doc where Franklin (laughs) went in and said, don't "Don't like that line. And so he would write Franklin or Adams. Do you see that? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So I want you to notice that look through. uh,
1: They scratch stuff out here.
0: I know. There's a lot different in this draft. And this this is the first draft. This is the first first pass. Right. And so before it got the king's eyes. Right. So before Congress got a hold of it. Okay. This is Franklin, uh, this is Jefferson, then Franklin and Adams going, okay, I kind of like that. Let's present it to Congress. They presented it to Congress. They talked about it. Now, what does the Declaration of Independence say at the very top?
1: When in the course of human events. No, the very top. Well, I'm going to read this. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, A declaration by the representatives of the United States of America in General Congress. All right. So something that
0: did not officially exist. Right. But what? Does the official, the one that I don't was know. approved, I don't know, unanimous declaration? Wow. Okay. So they started, and Thomas Jefferson said, "You have to." Do we all agree that if we aren't completely in lock sync, that? The king will find a way to worm him, himself between us, and he'll split us apart one by one, and we'll be done. Wow. So, is everything have to be unanimous, yes or no? They all voted yes. Jefferson, you go write it. Okay. So, I want you to notice that the only words that are capitalized in that...
1: Are United States of America. Okay. Look well, at- uh, this,
0: this is incredible, by the way. Look at- <laughs> Thank you. I can look, look at this stuff all day. Look at that page. Do you see anything capitalized or printed? Christian. And? Men. Hmm. Now, why, why would- Do you notice that, that that's nowhere else? And it's else. underlined, too. Yeah. There's, it's nowhere else in the document. Wow. He doesn't print anything. Everything is in cursive. He doesn't- His handwriting changes at that point. Okay. You know what that is? That's Thomas Jefferson alone at night writing the first draft. Wow! And in it he says, "And the worst usurpation, the worst thing he has done, is this Christian king." Handwritten out. That's uh, uh, that's all printed. That's all caps lock, and, basically. And, right, and in today's time, okay? right? He's mocking this Christian king. Has taken a group of people who never offended him from another part of the
1: world, basically criticizing slavery, maybe or yeah, because says he bought s- and sold
0: right, right. Put them on a boat. If they survived, he sold capital letters men on the open market. Really important because uh, blacks weren't men. How could Thomas Jefferson write "All men are created"? Oh, he knew. He knew. That's why in his own zeal, he he capitalized men. He sells men on the open market. And now he's taking the people who are trying to free those people. We have tried over and over and over again, and he blocks us every step of the way. And now he's telling these people that he'll buy their freedom if he will If they will kill the people who are trying to set him free. Wow. Okay. Jefferson didn't understand slavery. The founders didn't include this. Remember unanimous declaration. Wow. Two states out of 13, two states said that has to go two out of 13. So don't tell me we were built by racists that didn't understand. They understood they
1: knew. And inspired by this document, in 1777, Vermont abolished slavery. I mean, this document inspired the abolition movement. It took 30, 40, 50 years. But the, the, the lie of the left is that we're a racist country from our, from our founding. Correct.
0: What we else have, you got here? Uh, let's see. I'll show you this. This is really kind of cool. Uh, this is- And we only got a couple minutes because then we got to 3 Yeah, so states. this is handwritten. Uh, this is to uh, Caesar Rodney, uh, one of our founders, uh, written by Thomas Jefferson. Just read the last couple of lines. This is incredible. You might recognize that letter.
1: I'm not great at reading cursive. I'm going to confide in you, Glenn.
0: He says basically oh, I see okay. the storm the world
1: entire from the calamity threatened.
0: Yeah, I see storms we are on the,
1: the world. We are the world's last hope and its loss will be on our heads. God help you and preserve you. I think that might be a Latin phrase at the end.
0: I mean, here that's that's Jefferson, one of his yeah. more famous lines, we're the wow. world's last great hope. Disneyland. Uh, quickly, this is the original prospectus for Disneyland. The wow. Hand colored by Walt. Which was actually Disney World. <sighs> no, this is Disneyland. In California?
1: Yeah, this is Disneyland. I thought he this thought is in the, 55. Okay. He did, was that first in, in oh, California? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah.
0: never saw the Florida one be built. Is that right? No. He died before yeah, died it was in completed. Yeah, he died in 66, I think, and okay. that was opened in 72. Amazing. And Epcot was not supposed to be what Epcot is now. Um, you know what this is? Have you ever seen this? No, but it looks Eastern.
1: So uh, mm-hmm. it looks like, uh, if I had to guess, um, a picture of- Bombers? Either, you know, obviously, from yeah. 1940s, probably World War II. Right. Japanese,
0: you know. Japanese. Okay. This American, okay, okay on the back- it says, we have a new bomb. So we were and letting people know before we dropped the bomb. Only 70 million of these were dropped. Leaflets. Leaflets were dropped from the sky uh, over 11 cities. These are the cities here. And Hiroshima and Nagasaki are two of the cities. And on this, it says, get out of the city. We have more firepower in one bomb than all the bombs we have already dropped in Europe. Get out. Food and water will be scarce. We are not after you. We are after your um, emperor. Emperor. And And his imperial ambitions. Not after you. Tell me where that is in history. We don't even know Only Israel would do that with the Palestinian Authority. And they do. Correct. Um, I have Lincoln's bloody uh, collar in here. I have the the torch from the 36 Olympics. It's going to be a... But Glenn, we're just like every other country. No, we're not. We are an exceptional country. You know, we, we may be on that road. Um, Walt Disney in 1954, in the, uh, I think it was November of 1954, said, I want to build a park and I'm going to build it in Orange County. Okay. And it was a orange grove in the, in the, uh, now Anaheim, California. Right. In the, in, in the fall of 54. In July of '55, it was Disneyland. It's amazing. So we are not the nation we used to be. <laughs> now you, you have, have to get
1: environment. You'd have to get environmental impact statements. You'd, you'd have to. you never
0: get that done. They would in march 20 in the years. streets.
1: No, yeah, no, That's well, Glenn. It's such an honor to be able to speak with you. Thank you. This is awesome. Likewise. Can't wait to have you speak to our students. I'm, I'm proud to be. Thanks here. for I'm the really impact. Proud of you. Thank you that you've made in my life. Thank you. And-